Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound. And I'm joined right now by Al Azario. Hi, Al. Thanks for calling in. Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah. Pleasure to be here, man. Pardon? Pleasure to be here, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for, for calling in. So I think we were both uh, in Oakland last night for the the protest. We were, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was uh, extremely effective. You know, I don't really know how many people there were. I, you know, typically the newspapers hold things down and we'll see a couple hundred but we thought there was close to maybe a thousand oh yeah yeah and maybe more even especially when uh, they got to block in the freeway and, and and to me it's you know i know people complain about saying well there's people uh you know there was people commuting people were on their way to work or, or their way home from work and now you're disrupting them but but the thing is, for one, we don't have a lot of weapons, you know? I mean, we we literally can't fight the police. They they, they outgun us. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the numbers, so <clears throat> we have to resort to these type of things. It, you know, disruptions, shutting things down, boycotts. So uh, I, I think it was an effective action. I, I, you know, for people who were trapped in that, I mean, I know I, know I would feel angry if I was, but on the other hand, most of those people weren't necessarily even sympathetic anyway. So when they say, well, people are going to get pissed, well, they weren't standing with us anyway. Sure. Well, and it's also, comparatively, it's so minor. Like, being delayed yeah. in traffic for however long is so minor. I mean, people are losing sure. their lives. So how can those even yeah. be on the same, in this, how can you even compare those two? Sure. You know, um, uh, you know the people who were murdered on video, Alton Sterling and uh, uh, the gentleman in Minnesota. Oh yeah, you know, the, they'd be happy to be, you know, be trapped in traffic and then be home alive. Or, yes. You know, all the Chica- the, the two Chicanos murdered in California just this week. You know, the young man in San Jose, the uh, young man down in Fullerton, and the man in Anaheim who was beat uh, nearly to death, and I think he's comatose. You know, those those people would be happy to be just inconvenienced in traffic too. Yes, I hadn't I hadn't heard about the the folks in in San Jose. 
Yeah, it was a uh, young man. We're going to a vigil tonight for the family, uh, Antonio Nunez. I don't know too much about it other than he was uh, he was a young man. He was apparently despondent. He had a gun and he wounded himself. He, he shot himself, and I, and I don't know you know how badly. But the family called 911, and the police arrived and promptly shot him to death. Ugh. You know, so you can't call 911. No. Ugh. That, that's just a recurring... I've just heard of that so many times when yeah. someone's either suicidal or there's something happening and people assume that by calling 911 it'll solve the problem and if anything it just ends up escalating the situation and people end up dead yes exactly oh oh yeah the, this past week i mean i feel like there's i mean of course i do feel like more more people are are finally beginning to wake up to realize how things are done here um just because there are now there's more coverage of it perhaps i, I think so too i think maybe i don't know maybe I don't know. Maybe things are changing. Maybe people are starting to understand more. Maybe more black and brown people are realizing that. Um, I mean, we we have to do something. And I I always hear people say, well, you know, marching and vigils and and blocking traffic haven't done nothing. But the thing is, there hasn't really been the numbers to do that. I yeah. mean, you know, you go to a march and there's a lot of the same old faces and, and yet I see things like in Europe, in Mexico in, uh, in places in South America where literally there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the streets fighting Yeah, you know, you know, marching and fighting and standing up and we don't see that here and here you know we'll, we'll have something done like in Oakland you know people did stay long enough to get messerly behind bars for murdering Oscar Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there wasn't as much as should have been because at the, at the last moment, the uh, judge threw out, uh, I think he threw out a gun enhancement thing or something. But, you know, when we do get out there, we make uh, a little bit of progress. You know, maybe we get, we meaning people in the streets, not, not, not myself, but, you know, people in the streets, they got Darren Wilson indicted but then they backed off, and then they let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got some things made for Freddie Gray, and you know, and, and the cops are getting off there too. But I guess it just it just takes constant pressure. It takes thousands of bodies, and and we don't have that happening. You know, certain certain things, certain murders or 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 acts of police terror and brutality, kind of bring the public together but much of the time people kind of die in silence you know they have their their immediate family maybe there's a few things and then uh, the lack of resources and the lack of people committed yeah you know they fall by the wayside and i would also imagine just a lack of energy i mean to be grieving and to go through that and then to also have it in a public lens i can't imagine yeah, it's what that takes to go through. You know, like uh, Dion Smith in Stockton. Dion's been fighting for her son uh, James Rivera, who was murdered, I believe, in 2010 by the Stockton police. 
and she's you know she's fought for him it's it's six years now and he's one of 14 children wow so she yeah she's had yeah <sighs> you know she she fights but yet she's she's raising that family too and she, she's an extraordinary woman and her husband carrie is it was always with her too but you know that's that's an incredible case but but most families are just overwhelmed you know there's there's police harassment yeah um there's there's their other family members saying well you know you need to move on mm. or saying you know so and so you know you gotta gotta look to your other children uh you know people run out of money and you know it's it's hard it's hard and and and, and there's there's a very few families who can just hang in for for years fighting yeah unless there's a lot of support you know unless they've got a lot of soldiers in their family yeah oh and it just keeps on happening keeps on happening yeah you know and and, and you think because you hear the right wingers say things like um the, the police are are, are afraid to, <laughs> to uh, do things because uh, they're going to be called racist but no no they're not that's bullshit yeah. We just like we've seen what how many maybe five or six murders just this past week. You yeah. know, always almost always black and brown people. Yeah. So no no, they they have no hesitation at all because they're not held accountable. You know, they get a they get a paid vacation. Yep. And then uh, you know, the media will, will find some ways to vilify the person like yeah. uh yeah. Falcon Sterling. I, I think they showed like a jail picture to identify yeah, in the newspapers. Yes. Yeah, it's complete victim blaming. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Blame the victim. He he was the one who was doing nothing wrong. Right. You know, I, I think he. They claim he had a weapon, but it's an open carry state anyway, yeah. as far as I know. Same as with, um, you know, the the man was murdered in, in Minnesota. He yes. And I, I apologize for not remembering his name. There's just uh, so many. Orlando Castle, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, he he had a weapon. He was doing. As far as you know, the NRA and uh, uh, open carry and, and, and gun rights, he was doing everything right, and he was trying to identify himself to the cop, and uh, and we still got blown away. So it's I don't know. I mean, what do you do? You know, just keep on doing keep on. what folks are doing, and hopefully, more and more people wake up, and then more and more yeah. people talk to their friends, and so on and so forth. You know, and you know, I hear people. We do need a revolution, but until that, until that happens, uh, we need to at least do some things for the families. And I think we set examples, and more and more people are involved. And uh, God willing, if we get enough numbers, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll need that to have revolution, or maybe there will be some type of change. You know, I'd, I'd love to see something done that didn't involve bloodshed yes but you know who knows yeah i i absolutely agree well a friend had posted an article recently that was uh, what to do instead of calling the police which has a number of things to do uh just alternatives i think that's a big thing too you know it's easy to talk about what what is unjust and what is not working what is problematic and then the next step is then to find solutions and then what we can do as an alternative yeah, exactly. You you can't. Uh, I mean, I mean, there there are some instances where, of course, you have to call nine one one. Maybe an automobile accident or something, and 
you know, it, I, I guess I would say that maybe as a last resort, mm-hmm. it, it can happen. But there are just so many, so many wrong things. You know, Yanera uh, Serrano Garcia in Half Moon Bay. She was, as I recall, um, I think she hadn't taken her medication before, and her family had called 911, and and they had come out and they helped. So uh, when it happened again, uh, they called 911 again, but this time they sent a cop. Mm. And um, you know, Yanira was just—I believe she was only 18, just a young woman—and. I believe within something like 20 or 30 seconds of the cop arriving, she was dead. You know, it, I think there was, there was someone had said that she literally had a kitchen knife. Mm-hmm. A kitchen knife or a butter knife, you know, like uh, she wasn't a threat. Yeah. And, you know, if the cop, if, if she honestly did seem like a threat to him carrying a small knife, um, Hell, he could have retreated back to his car and called for a backup. You know, yeah. he could have took his nightstick and uh, knocked him. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about Superman. I mean, he could have whacked her in the arm you know, if, if he really felt that scared. But the fact that he he felt uh, the right to shoot her down in cold blood in front of her family and then get cleared for it it just it's it's horrible. Or you know, in La Misa, we, we can go back to. And let me see, Rosario's son, Idris, who was murdered. Yes. He wasn't taking his medications, and they murdered him. And that's, it happens so often. And and then people ridicule, there'll be maybe a case of uh, a naked person, mm-hmm. and the police kill them. Yeah. And then it's it's made up to be funny, you know, naked man shot to death. Yeah. Right? Naked woman shot to death, but it's like... That's someone in some type of mental health crisis, and that's not funny, and they don't need to die. Yeah, and even not even then in uh, in New York on Reese Beach, which is uh, there's like a gay section of the beach, which is known to be clothing optional. A man was arrested last week. I don't know if you heard about it. Like eleven cops, he was taking pictures. He's like a photographer, and he had a towel. His towel dropped for a moment, and then eleven officers came and like grabbed him and like pushed him to the ground. Just horrific. All because basically what they could have said is, "Hey, buddy, put your towel on." Yeah, yeah. And in in New York, and even if he didn't have a towel on, it's like, okay, well, who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's apparently you know like a a clothing optional thing, so hey, don't look, you know. Right, right. As long as he's not bothering anybody, if if he is bothering anybody, then you don't need to beat him up. Yes, exactly. Well, in New York, they've been trying to kind of, I guess, pink wash is the, is the term they use. And they, they they put out all these cars that have, like, rainbow, like, NYPD, the logo is in rainbow, as if to somehow try to show that the police are affiliated or really care about the LGBT community. And so it was just, it's so telling that they're still behaving the way they are, and it just doesn't mean anything when they put these, like, these these signs up, or these, it's just, like, playing, it's all. like paying lip service. Nothing at all. You know, I've heard, like, for instance, um, um, Isa Noyola and Genesis Gutierrez, they're, they were doing uh, some things, I think in Santa Ana, in, or, or down in the L.A. area, about ICE, the way they're horribly treating uh, transsexual people. Mm-hmm. And you know it's abominable treatment they've re- they've received in the ICE detention centers, and what uh, what the police had done is 
they'd taken some kind of steps to where it appeared like they were looking out for them. You know, it'd be like, well, what are your needs? How can we help you? And they made a big show of that. But yeah. then once the cameras were off, it's just back to the usual brutality. So kind yes. of like the same thing. They'll, they'll do some cosmetic change and it'll, you know, people can look at that just like you can look at maybe some, I don't know, some things Obama has done. Yes, it's yes. It's cosmetic and the actual policy is the same old, the same old shit. Yep. Oh. You know, I, I don't know what the hell happened there in Dallas. I hear the the guy who supposedly shot the cops, they blew him up. I, I, I haven't, I, I was doing a lot of things this morning, so I, I didn't really hear what happened. Yeah. I'm very, but, oh, go ahead. No, no I was just going to say that it's, regardless of what the outcome of that is, um, there's something, uh, I don't know if you know Turha Hawk here in Oakland. He does something with, he works with um, the Community Readiness Corps. He's always out there in the streets working for people, and he put something really good about it. And uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to just read his post on it. Oh, yes, please. Okay. Let me, let me get here. Okay, here's what Turha said <clears throat> regarding the police officers of Dallas. The reality is, no matter what the truth is about this shooting, the most relevant fact of the matter is, in the context of a predatory terrorist governmental apparatus, this will be used to, one, change the narrative in favor of predatory politics, two, subvert the the people's exposure of the predatory state by dominating dominating the news cycle with this counter-narrative. Three, criminalize the activist revolutionary community by association. This association will be established by using our Facebook posts, writing, speeches, etc. to create an ideological link. Mm -hmm. Five, justify increased surveillance and engagement with the activist community. Yes. So, in my opinion, uh, and again, uh, Turha's words, so in my opinion, whether we can prove it as a false flag operation or not, this is not the most relevant factor. What is most relevant is, even if this is the reactive measure of a sincerely fed up warrior, what does this mean in terms of concrete repression on our communities? Be clear, we have yet to face the levels of repression that our predecessor in this fight against, our predecessors in this fight against state terrorists so brutally faced before us and are still suffering from to this very moment. Remember, this is a very skilled state phenomena we are facing. We must never underestimate their ability to use our sincerity, our need to speak truth to power, and our courageous courageousness against us, if these are expressed in a reactive way. This fight demands discipline, critical analysis, and critical engagement based on that analysis. Don't allow them to use that fire in our gut to burn our house down. Yes. So, uh, and that's true. Hawk. Yeah, I would love to um to post that. That's I okay. yeah, if you don't mind sharing that. Um Yeah, sure. I'll I'll just uh, uh I'll go ahead and contact him and then, you know, I'll let you, I'll let you in on that cuz yeah, I think he he really cut to the uh, 
uh, cut to the chase on this is, and, you know, another thing he said quite a bit too is all violence is state violence because, yes, you know, they're the murderers within our community, the community violence, as well as the, the police terror, and we need to work together on that. You know, there's a lot of people like Sharon Rafferty who's, you know, uh, does both. Um, uh, Teresa Smith out in Stockton, along with Dion and uh, Danielle New, who, who does both too. But, you know, quite often it's like different sides. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel that um, a lot of the, the points that were read are, from what I've just been gathering from seeing other people, just very skeptical, of course, of what the news is going to report. And uh, sure. I would not, of course, be surprised if it is just done, if only to further divide people and to yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, pit mo even more people against uh, Black Lives Matter and, and activist movements. Yeah, you say that crazy stuff like what, Black Lives Matter did it. Uh, well, first of all, to um, you know, apparently all I can say is this, it, it had to be somebody who was trained, and you don't get trained by going to a shooting range on weekends for a few months. Right. That's, you know, uh, and I don't want to even say nothing about who, who did it. I mean, maybe this guy, the gentleman they apparently blew up, maybe he, he snapped, you know, he couldn't take it anymore, and maybe it is this one guy. You know, who knows what really happened, but regardless, we can't let it detract us. Yes. Um, for, for those who feel, you know, very badly about uh, the killings themselves, uh, you have to continue on anyway, and you know, we have to continue to fight, regardless of how you're feeling about this. Yes. You know, I mean, to me, you know, it's this is a real rarity when cops get shot. I mean, it's generally cops killing innocent people, right. and quite, you know, I mean, typically, you know, typically nobody's shooting back at them. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, maybe they got the feeling there that uh, so many of us have when we're just walking down the street or driving down the street and we get profiled you know, yeah. or we see cops and you know there's PTSD from the way they have treated us at some point in our life mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean one idea of course is the idea of humanizing uh, police officers which has been, I've seen like various discussions around that and uh, some folks wanting to be like, just to, to recognize that it's the system that's corrupt and then the folks who go into it, like it ends up chewing them up. But I still feel like they need to be held accountable even if they're yeah, not yeah, doing any, any damage because they're not turning in their, their colleagues who are. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. You know, I always hear those good cops and I mean, to me, I, if you take other, other high-pressure jobs, say a firefighter, mm -hmm. if um, some firefighters in a, in a fire, in a station, uh, you know, they don't want to take the risk the others do, maybe when they go into a home, they steal things, I don't know, maybe they, if they abused people, if they did really shitty things. I would think the other firefighters would stand up and, and you know, call them out or, or stand up to them, right? Or yeah. other jobs, I don't know, um, 
you know, wherever you work. Uh, if you're a lawyer, if you work at a bank, if you uh, do maintenance work, if if you've got coworkers who are assholes and you know and they're and they're fucking with people, they're stealing, doing shitty things, you call them up. You know, you stand up. But the, but the cops don't do it. Mm-hmm. And and I would think that. Um, but that one cop who did Chris Dorner in L.A., what they ended up burning him to death, right? So, mm. You know, there's... Um, I, I, I can understand someone saying they became a cop to help people. Yeah. You know, and okay. But once you see the really shitty things, I would think he would say, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Right. Rather than saying, "Well, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and do it for 20 years and then retire." Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I I I have yet to see a cop do something good. I mean, I I see we see those stage things, you know, like a cop gets out and plays basketball with kids. Yeah. Or you know, he buys somebody lunch, and those might be actual good deeds that people do, but people do that anyway you know? exactly I mean, I the phone company for years you know and you know we I don't know, if if i had to go fix something and if when there's a kid there maybe i'd share lunch with them or something or you know that's just part of part of life but if with with cops they they find those things and frame them to show they're they're good people just like you and me but good people just don't like you and me don't look the other way on murders right <laughs> right yeah yeah and there's a discussion that was going on on uh, one friend's page um just asking some questions about why why do police ask you know why they protect each other and then there's the thread going about how they do act as if they're a gang and someone mentioned that she had friends who were police officers and was saying that the friends that she has are really disgusted by what they see and they feel so scared and so threatened that they decide not to do anything at all and that's their their rationale is that their lives would be destroyed and my argument is people's lives are currently being destroyed who aren't poli- who didn't sign up for this job so why not yeah. either quit your job and or speak up because it's not that's doing perfect. any good yeah I mean you could you know it, I don't know that the cops are would actually shoot each other down. So I think you could you could leave peacefully with your life. You know, you could leave with what pension you have and do something where you could look yourself in the mirror. Yes, yes. And it's and they're supposed to be so macho too. And I think you know, if if you're that tough, if these men and women or of the police force are that tough. Well, then they would have no no problem going the wrong way, you know, either standing up or saying, screw this. Yes. I, I, I just don't buy it. I mean, to me, that's more like an excuse. Yes. I mean, if, if um, you know, if you and I both worked at a, at a factory and we hated our job and there was a lot of shitty things going there, um, we might endure it if we're not doing any harm but right. maybe if we weren't I don't know let, let's say we were making a product that was harming people I would like to think that we would say you know I can't keep on doing this yes yeah hmm 
it's I mean it's also I think just goes down to, to capitalism too where people are dependent on their jobs at the end of the day and can use that as an excuse where it's like oh well this is how I feed my family and for people to give that up there's not uh, as many options as there should be for people to support That's themselves true. yeah and that is true too yeah, it's almost like unless it's something really really bad you, you just look the other way and continue to uh, you know, put your bring home your paycheck. So that that is true, and and so many jobs, um, you know, you're stuck. Um, especially if you have kids, you know, if you're a single parent, uh, typically a woman, but, it, but it's men too. You know, a single parent, you have even less options. You know, if you've got a job where you have insurance for your kids, then you don't want to leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So many things, man. So many fucked up things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, the next step is just finding solutions or finding other ways to be. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I just think that, uh, that you know, people people need to get into the streets to the extent that you can. I mean, there's, you know, people who just, they may have physical limitations. They may have emotional limitations where they've been through a lot. Um, they may like resources, but if you do have the resources to spend some time, you know, there's things you can find, and I, I don't want to push Facebook, but yeah. on social media, you know, there are events that that happen in most of our, our vicinities, you know, yes, near near home. I mean, there, you know, sometimes it's uh, marchers or demonstrations, um, you know, sometimes those forums, there's, there's a lot of things, and you can get out there, you can meet people of similar mind and and if you see things going on like uh, people people blocking the freeway and you think that's wrong but you do want to make a change well then go out there yeah you know, and you might either influence things you might have your own ideas you yes. might uh, you know try to influence people with who knows boycotts or 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 something or maybe you yourself might might change and come to uh, a different appreciation of things, you know? mm-hmm. but people can do things. People can make a change, and it's it it, it may not lead to revolution at this point. You know, it, that may be further down the road, but but you can still do something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and also just conversations. I feel go can go a long way. Sure, sure. I mean, they, you know, we're, we're all stressed. I mean, hell, if nothing else, uh, if you're at a vigil or something, you can, you can maybe help the families. You, you can talk things out and, and make yourself feel better. You know, even if, um, you know, if, if you go to some type of demonstration and the families are around who've lost their, their child or their uh, husband or wife or, parent to either police or community violence you make that person feel good by your very presence mm-hmm. you know so it's 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 not a big deal on our part if, if you got a little bit of time and it does it does do a lot for other people and it makes you feel better too yes absolutely and we are all in this together so whether people yeah, want to acknowledge that or not yeah 
So before we go, I was just hoping I could get your uh, input on the on the protest last night. I was down like on Broadway between sixth and seventh, so I didn't get to see what was happening on the freeway until I came home and saw video footage. So I was just curious if you were able to talk about that a little bit and share yeah, your experience. And what I was doing, I actually uh, this sounds pathetic. I I, I sprained a, a little toe, and so I've, I've been limping around. And after you know we. we when we got there, there were two groups, mm-hmm. and that uh, I, I think things weren't totally coordinated. So we marched to the police station and then came back to join the much larger group, and then we marched down to the police station again. And by that time, I was just hurting, so I I came home shortly after that. So I wasn't there on the freeway. I was uh, 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 barding home. Um, but but it's you know it was an effective action. I'm not sure how long they held it. You know, I mean, the plan had been to uh, demand Libby Schaff come out. Yes, yes. To uh, uh, discuss controlling the police, and I I don't know that that was ever expected to actually happen. But it it got people out there. I I think it it. It brought people together. It it showed what we can do, and I think it was a very effective action. And I think uh, you know hopefully we can continue to to go forward in the groups that that did this continue to work together. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, there was there was there was people there who were you know against gentrification. People were against, of course, police terror. Uh, people against the community violence. Um, against racism, against oppression, and uh, so so it was a good thing. I was I was very enthused. I was particularly enthused by the numbers. I mean, I thought there might be like hell a hundred. Yeah, you know, maybe a little more than that. But like I said, I, I would guess there was probably a thousand people. Yeah, and there may have been even more as the evening wore on. Cause yeah, I, I heard there were hundreds on the freeway. Yes. Yeah, I heard there were over a thousand on the freeway, and then uh, like at least a hundred, if not more, like on Broadway. Because by the time I got there, there was like kind of closed. Like I saw a big group, and then I realized then there was like a line of cops. I was like, oh, I see. Um, but we, you know, we stayed there for quite a while till at least like midnight, and then we were told that uh, we were just going to disperse uh, peacefully um, when folks. I think it was after folks on the freeway began to get arrested. Um, but we received a call saying that, you know, it was all right for us to disperse and, and to, to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was positive. It was positive. I'm glad there were at least not a whole lot of arrests. Yeah. So we'll have to uh, look out and see. If, I, I don't know if, if it was people were sighted and arrested, I haven't heard, or whether there's, you know, people who were taken in. But, you know, Maybe there'll be be something for for whatever court support there might be needed. Yeah. With that effect. Wow. Well, well, thank you so much for for calling in. It's it's yeah. always good to to speak with you. Yes, yeah, take care, Roman. And uh, you know, next time we we do one of our feeds or co drives, I'll 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 give you a holler. Please do. Okay. You take care. All right. Thanks. You too, Al.
All right. Thanks again to Al Zario for for calling in. Um, yeah. So we're just discussing uh, the protests and as well as the most uh, recent murders by police. Um, Philando Castile uh, being the man who was murdered uh, in his car in uh, Minnesota, and there was a. Um, a rally outside the governor's house in Minnesota. They said uh, 4,000 people showed up, and I'm going to actually read that article. I'll play some music, and then uh, I'll read that article about folks showing up, because there's, yes, there's a lot of terrorism that has been continuing to happen in this country, and there are folks stepping up, so I wanted to dedicate the rest of the show to uh, speaking about the resistance and the protests and folks coming together to, to speak out against that.
and welcome back. That was some music by Ribri. You can find Ribri's music if you type in Ribri Tree, and that's R Y B R E E T R E E, and that's on I believe Bandcamp or SoundCloud. But type in Ribri Tree, and you'll find her stuff. Ribri is an amazing person and a wonderful musician. So as promised, I didn't really promise, but I mentioned it. I'll be talking about uh, reactions to the recent murders by police and people coming together. This will be a short program today, and not a little bit early, but I'm going to get to as much as we can. So this comes from uh, unicornriot.ninja. Okay. And it's uh, you can also find it on our weekly review page where I post news articles, uh, some of which I get to on the show, some of which not. It's uh, facebook.com slash weeklyrev. Check that out for many more articles concerning what's happening in this world. So this is a vigil for Philando Castile brings over 4,000 people. Second night of occupying Governor's Mansion, St. Paul, Minnesota. After St. Anthony police officer Geronimo Yanez shot and killed Philando Castile in Falcon Heights on Wednesday evening, protesters rallied at the Governor's Mansion in St. Paul around 2 a.m. on Thursday morning. The second day of protests continued throughout the night as community members stayed in front of Governor Dayton's mansion. Unicorn Riot has been tracking events closely and interviewing participants on live video. Things heated up around 1 a.m. on Friday morning, and they have a video as well. Uh, However, Thursday evening started on a somber but celebratory note with a massive crowd of St. Paul public school workers, community members, friends, family, and supporters holding a vigil at 5.30 p.m. The vigil was held at the J.J. Hill Montessori School, where Castile supervised the cafeteria. And I'll play a clip here. Right now there's a vigil that's about to be held and you see clergy moving up to the center of where the vigil is going to be at. About three dozen clergy or so. Maybe two dozen. So we have flowers here. We have candles being lit. going to forward a little bit to hear some people speak. We have a video here, and it's a little over one hour. A family member that can say a few words. This event is about the life of one of our friends. I have just, my name is Tony Fragnito. I'm the PTO chair of J.J. Hill. Um, th- again, this, this started out as such a small thing. I didn't have a sound system, I didn't have risers, I didn't have anything. So I want to thank a couple of a prayer. We have come to remember Mr. Phil's life as he was known here at this school. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a sovereign God, a God who is centerpiece of all love. And our name is Valerie Castile, and Philando Castile was my son. 
my one and only son, and he was executed by the police. That's right. I just want to thank you all for coming out. He would be pleased. He was an angel, a living angel, and somewhere or another, he touched each and every one of your lives. And I just want you guys to know that he's looking up at all of this. He would be so proud to see how many people are supporting him yes. under these unfortunate circumstances. I feel my son's soul in me. That's why I'm able to get up and up here and talk to you guys because I'm not a talker, but I know that I got a message to send to all of you because it was my son today that it could be yours tomorrow or yours the next day or your grandmother or your mother. This has to stop. This has to stop right now. We all feel the pain of losing a loved one, but I never in my wildest dreams would think that I would lose my son to a person or a society that's supposed to protect him. He lived by the law, but he died by the law. And it's got to be a time when we all come together as a nation of people and demand that this stop right now. son when he died and his soul came into me. That's why I'm being strong and being able to talk to all of you about this situation. This cannot continue to go on. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable and the, our leaders should get together and form someone to police the police. That's right. is in trouble. Our black children are on the endangered species list. Believe it or not, we are. They've been trying to kill us from a long time ago. So we got to stick together and, and, and boycott. See, you going up in there spending your money with all these different people and you don't spend money with your own people. You need to boycott that's the only thing they know is money. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you all for coming out and supporting my son. It is just a wonderful thing to see all of you. Even if you didn't know him, if you did know him, you would love him. I'm hurt. I'm confused. All I want to know is why would you have to unholster your weapon for a mere traffic stop. A traffic stop. You unholster your weapon and all he did was comply with what you asked. You asked for license and registration and when he reached for it, you executed him. It has to stop. 
I'm talking to you all. Like I said, I'm not a talker. I never got up in front of an audience and spoke before in my life, but I'm speaking from my soul, from my son's soul. And I want to thank you all for coming out and supporting us in this tragic Thank you. Love you. All right, so that was... Uh... Orlando's mother, uh, and the article continues, and you can feel, uh, you can uh, view the whole uh, video uh, at unicornriot.ninja. Uh, the emotional vigil for featured several family members of Phil, including but not limited to his mother, his sister, his cousins, and his fiance, who witnessed the live-streamed uh, Phil's last moments after he was shot four times by police officer Geronimo Yanez. Orlando's co-workers drew tears while telling stories of how much of a great man Phil was, how he loved children, and was so great with them. St. Paul Mayor Chris Coleman, clergy, and other speakers gave fiery speeches about justice. At the conclusion of the vigil, Phil's family led the march of around 4,500 people from J.J. Hill Montessori School to the governor's mansion. Not long after the masses arrived at Governor Dayton's mansion, he came out of his mansion to speak to the press by his side gate. His people called Philando Castile's family over to them, to which his family replied, if he wants to speak to us, he needs to come here. Governor Dayton walked over to the front gate to speak to Philando's family after giving a few moments to the press that amassed at his side gate. The governor apologized and listened to Philando's mother speak to him for over two minutes while holding her hand. She demanded that he create some justice for Philando. Governor Dayton spoke with Phil's fiance, Diamond Reynolds, for a brief time. When Unicorn Riot asked Diamond how she felt about the governor talking to her, she stated, I have no feeling about it. The community chanted, no justice, no peace, prosecute the police during most of the five, during the po- most of the five minutes or so that the governor was outside. Governor Dayton went back into his mansion after not answering any questions asked. The massive crowd of protesters vowed to occupy the mansion until they get justice for Philando. As night fell, the crowd thinned out. Around 1 a.m., some more community members arrived, saying they didn't want any press. A group of 15 to 25 community members and friends of Philando, mostly masked up, were fed up with the pacification of anger by the activists and organizers. They confronted police in their cars on Oxford and Summit Avenues, prompting the police to drive away. And they, they provide a video of this as well. The attention then was focused on an empty police car that suffered some lashes of anger from the community. The vandalized car gave reason for a line of riot cops to approach the protesters. The police pointed their crowd control weapons at the protesters, which backed the crowd up enough to get their car out, and then they retreated. Confrontations continued as the crowd moved to the upscale Grand Avenue, saying... Let's go fuck Grand up. Fuck these rich people. Almost immediately, police were shining lights as a few rocks were thrown and a window of a jewelry store was broken. These actions caused the St. Paul police to unload the riot squad again and start firing rubber bullets into the crowd, as well as using chemical spray. A standoff ensued for over an hour. The community chanted, linked arms, sang, and tossed a few water bottles, apples, and insults at the police. The police reacted with brandishing an array of firepower, shooting what sounded to be rubber bullets, threats of riot munitions to clear the block, shining flashlights, and making one arrest. The arrest 
the arrestee was the same person who was sprayed with chemical irritant. He also had a mask on the most of the night and was walking with a camera. The explanation for his arrest by St. Paul police officer Joshua Lego was that he was sprayed with chemical irritants. We all saw it, and he was arrested. Video of arrest is shown in the tweet below. So they, uh, the website also has a video of that. At 2.50ish in the morning, the police on the front line had a shift change and left the intersection of Summit and Oxford to go check out of work. The night ended with a dozen or so community members sleeping and mingling in front of the governor's mansion. Thursday evening also saw the release of the name of the officer who murdered Philando. Uh, there was also actions throughout the day on Thursday in various locations, including light rail shutdowns by protesters in St. Paul, protests at the St. Anthony Community Center, and a gathering for justice for Philando on Snelling Avenue and University Avenue, in which Unicorn Riot was live for, and they have post videos as well for this. Unicorn Riot is conducting a two-monitor is continuing to monitor developments surrounding the murder of Philando Castile, and they have the full stream of day two of the Philando Castile protests. So, yes, we posted this on the uh, Facebook Weekly Rev uh, um, webpage, so you can check that out there. I'm going to uh, go into another article, and this um, happened before um, the, the murders this past week, and this is from uh, Toronto. So Black Lives Matter parade protest brings sweeping changes to Toronto pride. And this is from HuffPost Queer Voices. Canada's largest LGBTQ event agreed to major changes uh, Sunday after the Black Lives Matter movement staged a sit-in during the, set, the annual parade. Marchers sat down in the middle of the, of the Pride Toronto route, halting the procession for about 30 minutes. It restarted when Pride Toronto's director Matthew Chantelot signed a document agreeing to the demands from Black Lives Matter Toronto. Black Lives Matter Toronto co-founder Pascal Deverlus said the changes are necessary to make pride more comfortable for diverse communities. It's not just black folks who saw a need for our demands, she said in an interview with the Huffington Post Canada. Uh, Pride Toronto agreed to exclude floats from police next year and to hire more people from marginalized communities, including black trans women and indigenous people. Police officers don't signal safety for many black, queer, and trans people, Deverlis explained. Police are a group of people who have brought so much trauma and so much violence to our community. Pride will also create, reinstate, or increase funding for spaces specific for specific populations like South Asian Canadians and black queer youth. Pride is for all of us, Deverlis said. When we have a celebration like Pride, we need to make sure that everyone can come and feel comfortable. And I'm going to go ahead and read their demands that they've listed here as well. And all right, so here we go. So these are the demands. Um, from uh, Black Lives Matter Toronto for Pride Toronto organizers. One is commit to BQ BQY, Black Queer Youth, uh, continued space, including stage tents, funding, and logistical support. Self-determination for all community spaces, allowing community full control over hiring, content, and structure of their stages. Full and adequate funding for community stages, including logistical, technical, and personal support, uh, personnel support. Uh, four, double funding for Blockorama 
to $13,000 plus ASL interpretation, interpretation and headliner funding. Five, reinstate and make a commitment to increase community stages, spaces, including the reinstatement of the South Asian stage. Six, a commitment to increase representation amongst Pride Toronto staffing hiring, prioritizing black trans women, indigenous folk, and others from vulnerable communities. Seven, a commitment to more black, deaf, and hearing ASL interpreters for the festival. Eight, removal of police floats in the Pride parade, parades and marches. And nine, a metric uh, public town hall organized in conjunction with groups from marginalized communities, including but not limited to Black Lives Matter Toronto, Blackness Yes, and BQY to be held six months from today. Pride Toronto will present an update and action plan on the aforementioned demands. And so they met all of those demands. Uh, for years, Black Lives Matter has drawn attention to police killings of black people, including Jermaine Carby and Andrew Loku, and controversial police practices like carding. Data has shown that black people in the greater Toronto area are up to three times more likely to be submitted to random street checks or carded than white people. Despite leading the Toronto Pride Parade this year as an honorary group, Black Lives Matter Toronto felt it was an opportunity to speak out for the many black people in the city organizing with Pride who have felt really pushed out. The changes will hopefully give many people of color, particularly black trans women, some recognition for being instrumental in LGBTQ movements, said Diverless. In response to Sunday's demonstration, Pride Toronto organizers said they look forward to continue the conversation, reported CBC News. We, like BLM, TO, Toronto, have a commitment to ensure our most marginalized communities feel safe and welcome at the festival, said Pride Toronto. The protest came during the historic appearance of the first sitting Canadian Prime Minister to participate in the Pride Parade. Justin Trudeau has marched in the event before, but not as a Prime Minister. Justin Trudeau has become the first Canadian Prime Minister. And with that, we'll play some music and then we'll be uh, wrapping up the show. So thanks, everyone, for uh, listening in. And I'll play some more from Ribri.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, 
Blues, Country and Western, Electronica, Soul, Disco, Rhythm and Blues, Punk and Post-Punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to 
www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
Heartbreak, 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 heartb
She broke your heart again So now you're gonna come and see me We're back to the start again When's she gonna set me free? I've been there Time and time again The girl's no good for me and you She hopes, hopes, hopes
you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Is that sexy, Jerry Curl? 